Peace be upon you, Ali. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. As many of our listeners may know, you're a prominent Muslim leader and one of the four winners of the 2023 Australian Mental Health Prize. So firstly, congratulations so much on that achievement. No, thank you very much. Very humbled and honoured um, to receive the award um, and also to be on your on your podcast. But I think the recognition is not only for myself, but it's for everyone, and I've said it before, for everyone who's been on the journey with me, uh, for every person, and I call them warriors, grassroots warriors, for everyone out there that's played a part, not only in what we do, but in what they do as individuals or uh, as non-for-profit organisations that continuously give, give, and and are never wants to to ask for anything in return. So this is a reward recognising um, the efforts, um, the efforts of our um, our club as well, um, the Jabesh Giants, the efforts of everyone that helps, the board, the staff, um, the players, the philanthropic donations from the Giants Foundation, um, and all our partners and all our community organisations that support us. Uh, this is award and recognition for the work and the support that they've given us over the years as well, so which is important. Absolutely. So, you know, a lot of the work you do is around mental health advocacy and this Community Hero Award that you've received is around your exceptional leadership around mental health. So can you share with us some of your work in this space and exactly what you do? Yes, yeah, so, uh, I, I guess first and foremost, also want to recognise um, Ziad Surhan and Educate Australia uh, for the nomination and the continuous support that they give, not only myself, but also the club. Um, we A few years ago, we, we ran a program in schools around um, mental health. It was called the Giants Wellbeing Program, um, educating young people in, in, in schools in Western Sydney uh, just to become more aware, uh, to have a conversation with them around what is mental health, uh, what are some tools, um, and what to be aware, for, uh, aware of when it comes to mental health, uh, and for them to become a bit more confident to have a conversations with other, with others around what if they are struggling or if someone around them is struggling. And, and from that, we, we've also uh, supported um, a local organisations with mentoring, um, supporting young people who are at risk of um, you know disengaging from school or in trouble with police, um, or at the same time during COVID, is alleviating the burden, delivering meals to people who were, um, you know, sick at that time. Um, we had great support from the community, great support from the club. Uh, we delivered 15,500 meals in 12 weeks in the southwest and West Sydney. Uh, we supported a fantastic organisation by the name of Addison Road, um, who delivered hampers out um, throughout the whole process of COVID. We we looked after the southwest and Western Sydney uh, families for them. Um, that's, I, I guess snippets of what we do um, here at the club and we're trying to engage more um, and I, I said it in, in my talk um, at UNSW, I became a safe talk um, trainer and facilitator and I found that it was important, especially coming from a Muslim background. Um, we know sometimes there's a bit of a taboo there, a um, bit of a stigma on suicide. Um, so I guess for us, it's how do we make people more alert because we're not immune to it and, and, and we're naive to think that it doesn't exist in our community. Yes, that's absolutely true, exactly as you've said. 
So with all of these initiatives that you just shared snippets of, I'm sure you do a lot more on the ground and it's a lot of hard work that you're doing. Can you share with us how they've actually led to some kind of meaningful impact on our youth? I guess, you know, that's the real purpose of everything that you do in this space, whether it's to do with mental health or suicide prevention, increasing awareness. It's about changing the lives of these individuals. And as we say, you've done the safe talk training from Living Works as well. So, you know, as we say, even one life saved, it's so impactful. It puts everything into perspective and it gives meaning to everything that's being done in this space I think as well so can you share some insights into the impact your work has been having it's it's, it's changing mindset um and to be honest with you sometimes people say to me oh what's your ROI what's your return on investment for everything that you do you know sometimes um when you're dealing for example with accounts you can see a profit and loss statement but we, we, with social, uh, I guess, social work or community development work, and especially in the, in the space of me, um, mental health and, and depression and, and suicide, it's, it's all about changing mindset. It's about people being comfortable enough to have conversations. And I'll give you a, a classic example. I, had, um, I, did, I did a presentation at a school recently, and I thought I'm going to a class maybe of 10, 15 kids. And remember, it's optional. It's not forced upon. I had a, I had a group of uh, close to 30 kids. Um, all wanting to do the training around safe talk. That's when you start to see the impact that you're having because people's mindsets are starting to change around. I want to do this. I want to learn more about it. I want to become more aware about it. I want to have I want to have conversations more about it. And people now are starting to and and what we're tending to see is people starting to reflect on their own mental health issues and how they can become more resilient or what tools. Most important thing for us is how do we give uh, I, I guess create that awareness. For them then to seek support from organisations. I'm not saying here that I'm an expert in mental health. I'm not here to say that I'm a practitioner or psychologist or anything like that. They are the experts. If I can create awareness where people are comfortable then to seek support, then for me, I'm doing something which is good. And that's the most important thing. What I don't want is people to uh, think that um, I don't really suffer from this or I don't suffer from that because, um, especially for our community, um, you know, oh, I've got my uh, my faith. Our faith is strong. Don't get me wrong. We always, and as you know, um, um, Allah Subhanahu is always there. Uh, we can turn to Allah Subhanahu all, all the time. If you need professional support, then you need to seek professional support. And we shouldn't um, hinder the fact that, hey, or stop the um, the process of seeking support. Sometimes you just need someone to chat to. And, and, and in essence, that's why I, um, and, and gratitude to Sheikh Wissam Chikawi from, um, Sydney Youth Connect and Abu Hanifa Institute. I did my counselling course in partnership with them. I, I, I went to his course. I, I, I trained and I got my diploma of counselling just recently, just so I can equip myself with a bit more knowledge around the space on just listening, because counselling is all about active listening, and that's probably the hardest thing for me was to actually actively listen and not have my input or tell someone about my own stories. So then, learning more about the space gives you an opportunity to actually. Um, support people more on the grassroots. And you've got to understand, sometimes when you're in community and you're on the grassroots, people are open to discuss things with you. If you And, and you need to know what are the pathways for them to take when um, they are struggling with certain issues or certain topics. And we, we and, and, and like I said to you, I'm a, I'm a safe talk facilitator. I'm not someone that is going to help you throughout a journey through suicide or coming out of suicide, the back end. So there's professionals that do that. If I can put you in touch with that professional, then there's a conduit there that you feel safe with and also you trust that can put you onto the right person. And there's fantastic people in our community um, that are doing things like Psych Central, Anandova, um, Zia Serhan, and there's, and there's plenty of others that 
um, are in that space where they can support Muslim kids and Muslim communities and also the wider community to understand uh, mental health and, and where to take it from. And, and a key to it as well, and to be honest with you, life skills is one we try to um, dedicate a lot of time with and teaching kids uh, a few uh, – and it, it's simple as like goal setting, um, how to be resilient, um, communication skills, um, could be also uh, career aspiration, all these sort of life skills that I can implement into someone is going to make their life and their journey a bit easier. And I'm not here to say I'm a miracle worker. You can save every single person. No, I've gone to some um, some places where I think to myself, did they really, you know, did they really listen or have they got a message? And my main message to everyone that I, I present to you is take one thing. Don't take the whole thing. Take one thing that you could probably practice to make you a better person or that can help you in whatever struggle you're going through. And don't forget, look, we're, we're all young ones as well. We went through our own struggles. Um, back then, we probably didn't have the terminology of what anxiety was and depression and 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 things like that. But we, we went through them. And I said to uh, at a talk once um, at, at Western Sydney Uni, I think I was in front of a 1,000 kids. They were all year 12 students finishing a program. And I said, and I said, uh, put your hand up if you're feeling what I feel um, right now. When you get up in front of a group and you got them bubbles and butterflies in your stomach, and every and half the more than half the room put their hands up because we all feel that still to now. But we've 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 created the uh, uh, or we've used the tools that we've gathered uh, throughout our life to then combat that or um, cope with the. Um, I guess them butterflies, and then have the confidence to get through whatever you need to do. And that's what we try to tell um, young people about: is what can they do, and how can they seek? If it's seek professional support, let's go and do it. But also, it's the holistic approach of educating family. It's educating mum and dad who sometimes have grown up in a um, uh, an environment where mental health wasn't talked about, and suicide was not, real, and then breaking the assumptions. You know, if you talk about suicide, then people will start thinking about suicide and then they might take their own life. That's that's an assumption. Just assume if you go through the research of Living Works Australia and the research says if it's not going to make someone do it or think about it if you talk about it, which is important. Yeah, so coincidentally, I've been one of those researchers working with Living Works. Oh, fantastic. I've been working with them for about six to seven years now, I think, in the past, and with Professor Marie Toombs, who was also another prize winner as well this year. So, yeah, there's some amazing work and research being done in that space. And as a suicide intervention trainer, you obviously know and understand the nuances of suicide intervention and how difficult it can be to just sometimes just ask the question, are you doing okay or are you thinking of suicide? And as you've been talking, it is kind of taboo and it's an untouched subject, especially in our older generations within our communities. So as a Muslim, but also someone who's had this training now and has those skills and working actively within our communities, keeping our communities suicide safe, Living Works, they use the term suicide first aid, which, as you've said, is just keeping that person safe for now and then making sure they have that support they need for follow-up and further psychological or mental health support, whatever it is that they need. So for someone who hasn't had that kind of training or hasn't gone through those courses, what kind of practical advice can you give to our listeners on how they can keep each other safe in our communities? What kind of actions can they take practically if they do come across another person, whether it's their own children, other youth, friends, family, whoever it is, to keep them safe and to give them the support that they might need? Yeah, and uh, to be honest with you, I encourage everyone to do the course. And um, I know um, uh, recently we did it at a a local mosque and we had all the um, teachers there, male and female, 
uh, myself and Ziad and uh, another lady, we delivered the program there. Um, it's and for me, uh, and I never asked a question before. Um, before I did the course, I would never even think of asking a question. And then, I, and then after doing the course, I, I said to myself, "Why haven't I asked the question?" And and to and to be honest with you, um, more people need to know how to read the signs, and also, and as we call them in Liverworks, we need to we need to accept the invitations. And once we accept accept the invitations, then we can start to listen and uh, and we go through the framework. But it's it's knowing who's there to support these young people, which is important. And and for anyone out there who has someone that's struggling, know where your networks are. Know know if it's if it's if it's Lifeline, or if it's a a Muslim a Muslim hotline, if it's a local um, counselor at the school that you can build a network for your your child. If it's a psychologist that you can talk to, if it's a safe house, know where they are. I didn't know what a safe house was before um, you know um, researching. And but it's also about educating yourself more on tools. Um, that you can use with your own child or with your community or with your extended family, whatever it is. But it's not about just sitting there saying, oh, we've got a problem, don't do nothing about it, and we don't educate ourselves about it. And to be honest with you, it's actually sparked a bit of uh, um, a bit more in me. So I did the assist course as well, obviously, um, the Suicide First Aid Assist. I did the two-day program. I will I will do the five-day training as well to become a suicide uh, a, a, a assist facilitator, which is which is important. It's important for me. Why? Because once you're adding community, you've got the networks for you then to relay information. So it's important that anyone that has um, a community organization that deals with people, for them to become equipped, um, I guess, with, with the knowledge, but also equipped with the tools and the frameworks that allows them to push people onto the right people. And the more we can encourage young people to take careers in, um, I guess, in health, um, or in psychology, whatever it is that can support the social, uh, I guess, social rules of society, then the better it is for us. Because we need, like we always say, we need our, uh, I guess, our young people from all walks of life. And this is not only for the Muslim community. We need kids in the First Nation community as well who become practitioners in in health and psychology and mental health and you know, in medicine as well. We want we want these young kids to aspire to do something which will not only be the same as everyone else in your family, but could be different. And don't be shy to be different. Aim to be something that no one in your family has done before and don't be shy to say that you want to do it. Um, and and that's the, the key to our messaging. Our messaging is not only about um, uh, just do what you got to do and get through life. No, no, but if you want to be different, do it. But you might be challenged. And the challenge sometimes might come from the people that actually with you right now. They're the ones that might say, no, nah, don't worry about that. Don't ever think of becoming that. Why do you want to do that for? It's not the best. But if you've got a passion for it, then do it. If you know that it can help our, our community and our wider society, and you, for example, as an individual, want to become an active citizen of your community, then do it. Um, that, that's the key. But the key message is knowledge of where you can go. And for, for me, I've got the network. So, for example, I'll, I'll reach there to her straight away and say, hey, I've got a young kid and I've got a family that's reached out to me and said to me, hey, we've got this young kid, he's suffering from this or he's got this sort of issue, where can I take him? Or where can she, where can she go to? Who can she see? Is, is that a comfortable and trustworthy environment for them to feel safe? Yes. And parents to reach out. Our phones, and I know some people will say, oh, we work from 8 to 4, 8 to 9 to 4. Our phones don't turn off. Uh, I've got a friend of mine, a colleague, Gandhi Indian, who works, who's been working for police for a long period of time. 
his phone doesn't turn off. If we need to support a young person, we'll support him. Um, but it's about knowing who you can go to. And I think the key for us is, well, is, and I, I know Educate's working on it and maybe yourself as well. How do we how do we modify content for specific communities? I know Dr. Maria Toom's done it for First Nation. How do we make a Muslim version of, for example, uh, the, the Safe Talk or the this program that can be content uh, ready for them to feel like it's relevant um, they get they get the concept. They understand it. And from an Islamic perspective, where the suicide see, you know. Um, also from a, a first aid first aid perspective, we do physical first aid, CPR. Um, you, you do Doctor A B C D, all that sort of stuff. But why why haven't we educated ourselves to become suicide first aid first aiders? How come we're not becoming alert on someone that's maybe thinking of taking their own life? Can we read the invitations? Can we read the signs? The more we can send and, and know about um, programs um, to send people to, then the better it is for everyone. Yes, and I absolutely agree with you 100% and would love to absolutely come up with like a Muslim version of Assist. So as you've said, it's so much of a gap at this point in time, I think. And often I think we don't realize in the general community how much of an issue it is actually becoming, especially after COVID. With the research that I've been doing, it's just alarming to see the rates of current suicide that are taking place. And often we don't hear about it, you know, on the news or mainstream media because it is, as you would know, categorized as a car accident or something else um, most of the time. And we don't know how much of it is actually happening in the background. And just like you said, we pay attention a lot of attention to our physical illnesses, but we often don't pay that same kind of attention to our mental health and well-being, especially, I think, within our Eastern communities, unfortunately. It's not seen as something important or that needs attention or something we need to look after and nurture. But I think as a Muslim in the religion of Islam, we have been blessed with many fundamental aspects of our faith that if we do follow, it helps us maintain that good mental health we get an opportunity to disconnect from the world around us, from our stresses, our challenges, work, whatever it is that might be troubling us or causing us stress five times a day. And we do that when we connect with our creator and know our God. We believe that God is a living God. So, you know, when we connect with God through prayer, we can speak to God, we can share our problems, we can seek guidance and get that peace of mind. And, you know, it's not an easy journey to achieve that, I think, even as Muslims, even for a you know non-Muslim as well who might be praying. As a Muslim yourself, working in this mental health space and suicide prevention space, knowing exactly what's happening on the ground with our youth, you know, how has your faith empowered you to do the work that you continue to do and supported you through this journey? Because even as someone as strong as yourself who is keeping our community safe from suicide and working in the mental health space, it takes a big toll on yourself like all other individuals who are actually doing this work as well. So how do you keep yourself in good mental health and continue the work that you're doing? Yeah, to be honest with you, and I'll say this and I'm grateful and I'll say alhamdulillah all the time. Um, one one should always clear his intention or her intention, um, and the intention is uh, purely we do it for the goodness, um, and also we do it for um, for the sake of God. But also, it, it is no monetary um, um, sort of facet to why I want to do it or why I want to become educated in it. I may, uh, and, and the intention should always be clear in that. Um, also, if you're doing it for recognition from people, <laughs> you're going to be out of this industry in the next one hour. You know what I mean? Because to be honest with you, uh, uh, people, if you do it in that way, you, you're going to be upset because someone might not say thank you and someone might not say, oh, mate, that's fantastic. You just helped me or you supported me in that. 
some people aren't like that. And, and, and that's where, and I say to a lot of young people who are trying to do community development work or social work and that, I said, know what your intention is. Clear your heart before doing something good. And especially from an Islamic perspective, we all know that um, if you do an action of good, if it's for someone, then you're going to reap that reward from that person. You're not going to reap it from God. Same reason why we pray. If you're praying to impress someone, Allah SWT is going to tell you, go and get your reward from that person. And we, and we, and we know that. But the most important thing is we, we should always go back to the fundamentals around Islam, around gratitude. Allah SWT has given us another day, and we say that every time uh, we, we believe, uh, every time we, we go to sleep, we're in the matter of, we're in the matter of death. And then Allah SWT, uh, when we wake up, we, we make the dua, Alhamdulillahi ahiyana ba'dama matana wa alayhin nushur. Allah has given us another chance, taking us out of death, put our soul back in our body to, to rise. And then when we when we rise, we thank Allah SWT for giving us another day. But the most important thing is, well, like we assess everything in our life, if we set goals, you should set goals for your spiritual uh, your spiritual self. Because like Sheikh Wissam um, once told us, Sheikh Wissam Chikau, he said, every individual has two hearts. And when we, we got taught this lesson, there's a physical heart that we do the physical exercise for. So, for example, I'm on a bit of a challenge now. It's not my mental health. Is that I drop weight? Because sometimes I can just sometimes you might know you might know this yourself, but sometimes you can emotionally eat because you know why I'm fat enough of everything that day, and I'm just going to eat whatever I want to eat, and then you gain weight. And then now the physical heart needs a bit of exercise. Needs you to start running, start walking, and you give that attention to your physical body. But the the individual, especially a, a Muslim as well, the individual needs to give his spiritual self some work. And that spiritual self, you touched on it before. It's your five prayers. It's your connection with your local mosque. Um, it's your connection where you sit down and you only ponder on the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You look at the trees, you look at the oceans, and you give yourself that spiritual time that you disconnect from everything that's in front of you. And when you disconnect from everything that's in front of you, then you realize that I'm just only one being in this whole world. And at the end of the day, for, for, for me as an individual, this is not my um, ending. It's not my um, be all, end all, this world. We're all travelers. The Prophet said, more or less, that we're travelers. We're just merely like a, a person on a horse who sits down, rests underneath a tree, gets back up. He said, that moment of rest is like the life of a, a person in this world. So we, ne we need to always understand that that's, that's our purpose. Our purpose is to give back to people the heart and the spiritual heart that you have. We only receive when you give. It's not when you're taking. It's an outward arrow. Once you give people and you give and you give, then your own heart will be content. Remember, the most, most important thing is never or, never look for the recognition of a person, but rather know that, the, the, that Allah SWT is the one who will give you that reward for that, for that thing that you do or that action that you do or that support that you do. And, and this is not and, – and, and I want to make this clear to the wider public. Uh, we've been given values. And we've been giving, uh, given characteristics of our beloved Prophet, peace be upon him, that will service the whole humanity, not not only Muslims. Your neighbor who's non-Muslim doesn't mean that you don't service them or help them. We support everyone. We need to be active citizens in our community, for the wider community, for all faiths, for all backgrounds, for all people. And that's why we get involved in things like this, because we don't want to see more people taking their own lives. We don't want to see people in depression. We don't want to see people with, uh, suffering from anxiety. We don't want to see people, more people suffering from mental health issues. We want people to be happy. That's why when we wake up, we smile. That's why there's a blessing in smiling at someone. That's why everything that we do, everything that we do should be in a sense of gratitude. I've been given this ability to do it. 
And the more that I can do, then the better it is for me and my hereafter, which is important. And self-care. And sorry, sister, but self-care. If you're in a situation where you know that, for example, this is going to take a toll on you, um, uh, especially mentally, and you got uh, emotionally as well, then you need to debrief with someone. You need to have someone that you can actually go and have a chat to. And that's one thing I've done throughout my whole life. I've got people in my network that I can go back and have a chat and say, you know, have a debrief, and then get whatever you need to get off your chest with that person, and then just to have that support. The same way you're supporting someone else, you need to support because at the end of the day, what you don't want to do is burn yourself out, then you can't support anyone, you can't even support yourself, which is important. And people need to know that because sometimes growing up, I had a lot of passion, but you've got to, you've got to, you've got to be smart on how you can control that passion and control it in a way that you're not actually burning yourself out. And there's going to be times where you need to say no because sometimes you do need that self-time and you need that self-care. But you've got to maximise the whole day. If, you, if you're not going to maximise the whole day, you're going to be stuck for time. Which is, which is important. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, yeah, you've explained it so well. So many good things that you've mentioned, being grateful and keeping that connection with your community. I belong to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and my caliph, His Holiness Mirza Masur Ahmed, he often talks about this, especially with youth, on how to maintain that connection and how it's so important to maintain that good mental health. And, you know, yes, if you do have a mental health disorder that requires further medical attention, go and seek the help that you need. And it's necessary that you do that. But for your day-to-day mental health and well-being, to maintain that connection with your communities, with your mosque and with the people around you. And as someone who's working in this space, you can kind of understand how Islam actually nurtures that sort of social connection with the way it's done. You know, we're asked to go to the mosque five times a day and maintain that connection by observing our prayers. So there are so many different things where I think that our faith can and does empower us to keep that good mental health and well-being. But it's a constant journey. As you've said, it's not easy. It's so important to look after yourself as well. So at the end, again, thank you so much for your time today. I have really loved talking to you and discussing this topic because it is something I'm very passionate about as well in my day-to-day work and research. But before we end, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today while we've got you here on our podcast? No, look, just... Uh, be happy and don't be shy to connect with people, to be honest with you. Like, um, battle battle through um, assumptions and 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 lend a hand to anyone you can lend a hand to. It doesn't matter how small. And if it's a donation that you want to give, don't be shy if it's even 50 cents. If it's a helping hand where you can go and support um, by taking someone somewhere or picking up grocery with them, do it. Doesn't matter how small the action is. Don't and like I said, don't be looking for accolades and, and social media posts of claps or laugh or whatever it is. Know why you're doing it. Know your purpose and know your why and 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 get it done. Don't 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 sit back and say, I can't give enough, so I'm not gonna do nothing. A bit is better than nothing, which is most important. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, Ali. We really do appreciate all the work that you're already doing. Thank you very much. Thank you also for joining us in the podcast today. Thank you so much. It was lovely to speak to you. Thank you very much. Ismau sauta sama 
Ja al-Masih, ja al-Masih.